Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Amen. And then we're going to go to the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, toward the very beginning. And if you would, let's all read this together. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. I'm excited today to start a new series, The Generous Steward. And this series is going to be not just about one segment of our life and what we do with it, not just about our money or our finances, but about everything that God has given to us and blessed us with, our our time, our talent, our treasure, our testimony, how God would have us to live for Him. And as a generous steward, we don't live for self, but we live for God. Amen? And I know God's going to solidify this and speak to us. And so, man, I'm just, I want to open up our hearts today. So if you're taking notes, the title of the message is Like God, For God. Like God, For God. If you, if you don't have a notebook, you can also go to our app. The notes are always up on our app, and you can just take your notes right there. So let's pray this morning and open up our hearts to God. Jesus, thank you for the privilege and the honor to share your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Jesus, you're the reason we live. You're the reason that we have success. You're the reason that that we can breathe. You're the reason for life. And I pray today that our eyes would be open through the Word of God, Holy Spirit, that you would speak and that you would have your way. And as you speak to us, that we would be obedient and surrender everything to you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you can have a seat this morning. And uh, man, I, have you ever noticed that, I've noticed this, that, that if, if, uh, if you have something of, of worth, then you really take care of that something. If you have something that's like, you think it's of great worth, you make sure that you take care of that thing. Um, about five years ago, Shelly and I were celebrating our our 25th wedding anniversary. And so we decided that we were, we, we liked a road trip. I don't like it as much as I used to, but, uh, you know, uh, flying sure is getting better and better. And, and, um, you're like, Oh, the lines, I'll take that over a 12 hour car ride anymore. Unless of course it's with my wife where we can talk and, and have fun together. So we decided we're going to go to California on this road trip. And we go to California on this road trip and we do lots of different stuff. And one day we, we wanted to take, there's a 17-mile scenic drive around the Pebble Beach area that goes along the coast. And so we wanted, to, we wanted to be able to soak it in. We wanted to be able to take the whole time. I really would have liked to have played golf there, but two things stood in the way. One is I'm not very good. Uh, two, it was $700. But, you know, now, so I just said, oh, we'll just stand here on the 18th green and watch other people and heckle them as they come in. Uh, so we decided to rent a car. We rent a car, and if you know, when you rent a car, usually you will, it will tell you just, not the exact car, but something in this, in this style. You're going to have something in this style. So we wanted to get a convertible. 
And so we, get, we rented and it says something like we'll have like a Mustang convertible or something like that. We just were like, whatever, we just want a convertible so we can take this scenic drive and it could be awesome. So we show up the next morning and we go to the car rental place and we go in and uh, there's, it was a really small place. There's no car out front, nothing there. But we go in and I, I, the guy asks my name, I tell him, and he all, all of a sudden he just becomes, he just becomes pretty rude, honestly. And he's like, oh, okay. He goes, well, this car you have to have back at this time tomorrow. And he was like so, so rude. And I was like, I was like, okay, that's, I can have it back at that time tomorrow. What's the discount going to be? And he's like, well, there isn't a discount. This is the time it's got to be back. I said, I rented it for 24 hours. So either I should get it for 24 hours or I get a discount. And I was just trying to, uh, you know, kindly match his intensity. Someone know what I'm talking about? And this goes on back and forth for a little bit. And then, and then he finally kind of calms down. He said, I'm sorry. You know, he said, whoever rented this to you made a mistake. This car was supposed to be brought in for just a special customer. Somehow they rented it to you. So we just, I was just wanting it back to make sure it's taken care of. I said, hey, that's, I understand. We'll take care of it, blah, blah, blah. So we go out and then they pull up in this brand new BMW convertible. And I was like, there ain't nothing wrong with a Mustang, but I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? And you just push the button and automatically everything goes back. And I mean, I was just like, Joe, do you see that? Do you see what we're going to be driving around today? In? I was so excited. And I'm telling you, that thing would run. And if, if you would have been there with me, I would have let you share it with me. Not drive it, but you could have rode with me. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so we had so much fun that day just driving around, cruising in that thing. It would get up and go. I mean, we enjoyed our trip. And what I found interesting about that car is that I didn't own the car, but I for sure took care of the car. I treated it right. And it made me think about just this story in my mind made me think about our lives and how, and how when we give our lives to Christ, we actually get the thing that is of the greatest worth that has ever been known to the mankind, the greatest thing we could ever get in the whole universe, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? We, we get that and everything that comes along with it, and we have to steward it. You say, well, isn't it my own life? Well, if you've given your life to Christ, it really isn't your own life. Because you said, I make you the Lord of my life, and if you make someone the Lord of your life, that means you live according to their ways, and what they instruct you to do. So really, you surrender your rights and say, I take on the rights of Jesus Christ. Amen? So as Christians, we have this that we get to live for. A life in Christ which is no longer for self, but for a higher purpose. In Matthew chapter 6, the, especially the, the whole chapter is amazing, but the text I love from 25 to 34 is he's talking about not worrying or not being... Or, you know, don't be concerned about what you'll eat, what you'll drink, what, what you'll take in, all these things. He said, he said, because I'll take care of you if you put my kingdom first. In Matthew 6, 33, he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, God's kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Life is meant to have God's kingdom first. And the overflow of a kingdom-focused life is generous stewardship. Amen? What will flow out of a life where we put Jesus first is, a, is this generous stewardship. And I, I believe this day, if you're here and you're a Christian, 
we, this, I hope this really sets in, but if, even if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I'm so glad that you're here. I want you to tune in because I believe a generous life is the best life, no matter what. If you live for selfish desires and you're always just doing things with taking just yourself in mind and never considering others, I'm telling you, it will leave you empty. The generous life is the best life. So today, as we're, as we're starting out this series, I want to give you two points that I believe will set the tone for the whole thing. And th- here are the two points. One, God expects us to be generous. That's the first point, meaning He expects us to be like Him. And the second one is God entrusts us to be stewards. He expects us to be generous, and He instructs us to be stewards, so to live for Him. So let's look at number one here. God expects us to be generous like He is. God expects us to be generous like He is. Now, I say that, but we know the generous life is not easy. Right? We just celebrated, you know, I feel like you need to have an update of my grandson. We just celebrated his first birthday last weekend. Man, he's all over the place. I mean, he's... You know, he's, he's a wild man, a year old. He's running. He, he, can, he almost can make a free throw. I mean, it's crazy. He's a prodigy. <laughs> like, no, he, we're just trying not to have him eat all his books and, and everything else he finds on the floor. And, um, but uh, it was awesome. But when you're around little kids like that, you remember our humanity because little kids don't like to share. The selfish desire is in us. Generosity is not always easy because we want to look out for number one, but I'm so thankful today that the Spirit of God has empowered us as believers to crush selfishness and function in generosity. We, selfishness, and that's, a, that's actually part of the flesh that rises up within us. It can be crushed by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God. So selfishness can be crushed and generosity can rise up within us as a believer. So often when we begin to talk about generosity, people start getting nervous. Come on, I'm just, let's be real. Oh, and we're talking about money. We're talking, we're, money is part of it, but we're talking about all of it. But, I, but so often we get nervous and we start asking questions. Well, Pastor Scott, how generous should I be? How much should I give? How, how, much, how much of my time should I commit? How much of myself should I get? How, how often should I share my testimony? How often should I do these things? And, and to be honest, just to, from what we see in the, in the Word of God and what we see from Jesus, the life of Christ is an all-in type of life. It's all-encompassing. It's about everything that we have belonging to Him. It's, it's never... It's never about the least. Jesus never talked about the least. He never was like, yeah, just get enough, do enough to get by. No, he didn't. He asked us to give everything. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis. He said, I do not believe one can settle on how much we ought to give. I am afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. So that's, that's the only safe rule. Let's give more than we can spare. Uh, everybody's like, what's that? I'm not amen in that one. But 
Jesus was approached, if you, if you remember in the, in the Gospels, by the rich young ruler. You see that, that story. And he, this rich young ruler comes to him and says, hey, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he, Jesus said, well, you know, follow this command, follow this command, follow this command. He's like, well, I, I've done all those. Ever since I was young, I've done all those. I've done it. And Jesus said, well, then one thing you lack, basically go sell all that you have. Give it away and follow me. And it said he, le he left and went away sad because he had such great treasure. Jesus was asking him to give everything. Now, do I think that you're going to be in a time of prayer and God's going to come up to you and say, or at first if he walks up to you, someone, <laughs> you'd be ready. <laughs> um, but do I think the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you and say, hey, empty out your bank account. Empty out your savings. Empty out your check. Sell your house. Sell your car. Do this. Do I think that God is going to do that to, to you? Probably not. But wouldn't it be refreshing and freeing if we had the attitude that if He does, I'm ready? You're like, well, how would I live? How would I do this? God can take care of it. It's a trust thing, but wouldn't it be great if we were willing to actually do that? I was reading a a story not too long ago about a, a man, his name was Stanley, Stanley Tam. And Stanley, he started a company called U.S. Plastic Corporation. And he started this company and he was, he was trying to make sales and he, he, was, he was a Christian. He was trying to, trying to make this thing work and he just wasn't doing very well. And he, he is in time of prayer and he's just talking to God and he's like, God, I don't know why this isn't working. This is so frustrating. I want this to be successful. And he felt like as he was praying that the Holy Spirit just impressed upon him and said, I want to be, I want to own the majority. He's like, you want to own the majority? Well, God, you know, everything I have is yours. And he's like, no, I really, like he felt like he said, no, I tangibly want to own the majority. So he, go, he starts thinking and praying about this and he goes, okay. He goes into an accountant and he says, hey, I want to make God the 51% shareholder of my company. And the accountant's like, what is wrong with you? So he went to another one and then he went to another one and finally they said, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll actually set it up in your bylaws, in your articles of incorporation. What we'll do is we'll say that 51% after, after, after the salaries are paid, 51% automatically goes to churches, missions, nonprofits. So that's what they did. His company began to grow and flourish, and he was doing so good. And years go by, and, you, and he's in another time of prayer, and God's like, I want it all. Now, I can, if you were you and me, right? We'd be like, <laughs> stop it, God. You trickster. <laughs> And so he went and he changed it and made it where after that, he basically he felt like God said, I want you to work for me. He turned 100% over after salaries are paid. And that's the way he lived his life. See, he understood that, that our generosity can never be greater than God's generosity. And God will continually take care and do the things in our lives that need to be done. God has us in the palm of his hand. In the scripture we read at the very beginning, 2 Corinthians 9, 10-11. Let me read it again. He said, Now he who supplies 
seed to the sower. And bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now we read that, we're like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Give me the money, God. Um, I mean, come on, guys. You know people that say you don't really need money? They're just people that have a lot of it, okay? You know what I'm saying. You're like, I'll take some more, Father. Uh, but here he goes on to say that Paul tells us, he said, you will be enriched in every way. I still like it. So that, so that, you know, when God gives us so that, you're like, oh, here's the catch. You can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. He's saying, trust me with all that you have. Trust me with all that you have. I'll supply. I'll enrich. But will you have your eyes open to be generous? I remember uh, several years ago, I was teaching this, this scripture. And, and, I, and for many times, Shelly and I, we will talk and we'll dream about stuff. And we're like, hey, if we just, you know, if we had someone just gave us a million dollars, what would we do? If someone gave us $10 million, what, you know, in today's economy, if someone gave us $50 million, what would we do? And you start naming off all these things, all these people you would help, all these things you would do. And I just remember in prayer one day, the Holy Spirit's like, why wait? Why not start where you're at? So if there's someone you believe in or your church or even someone else, another organization, sow something. Look for the opportunity. Maybe it's $5. Maybe it's $10. I don't know. But start where you're at. Start giving. Start trusting and realizing that God is the one that will that will provide it. And you're like, well, how can I really do that? How can I really trust? How can I live this generous type of life? I would say live like Jesus. Live like Him. Live like Him. John 3.16, we see the Scripture all over. It's the most famous scripture. It's at ball games. It's everywhere else. We know it. But it is, a, it is the snapshot, the picture of a generous father, of a generous Savior. John 3.16 reminds us, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus gave everything for us. Amen? He, Pastor David so eloquently put it as he was talking in communion. Jesus did all of this for us. And you know what? He expects the same. You're like, I don't know. That's a difficult life. He didn't promise that the life would be easy. He actually said, take up your cross and follow me. He, there's a reason that Paul would say when we are saved, we pray a prayer of salvation that it actually says, I know you are Lord and I surrender to you. That's what he's saying. I don't live for self. I live for you. If we devote our life to Jesus, then wouldn't, shouldn't our goal be to live like Him? If we said, Jesus, I give you my life, then shouldn't our goal to be to live like Him, to look like Him, to, to model ourselves after Jesus? Amen? Amen. I remember years ago, we, uh, Shelly and I went through this book together, and it was about your health and, and getting more healthy and, and setting some goals. And I remember in that it had you actually 
take a get a picture of somebody you're like I, I would like to be built like that and now don't get crazy make sure it's someone that's you know in range and uh and so we would put that picture in this book along with all these goals 84 days to transform your body and we'd put these goals in there I'm gonna tell you right now the guy that I put in there was way too much of a long shot I was disappointed after 84 days what the heck I need to double that. And, uh, but honestly, we, we made great strides. There's something powerful about visualization. What if we set our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? He's the one that's writing our story as we surrender our life to him. And what if he was our model? We were looking into the word of God and we would say, God, show us your love and show us your generosity. May it stir in my heart and may I be the same. A God model generosity is powerful. Imagine the power of people seeing the generosity in your life and saying, hey, man, how do you do this? Why do you do this? And you're like, I'm glad you asked. It's because a Savior loved me so much that even though I was deep in sin and I had all these things going on, He still reached down His hand and He saved me. He saw me in the middle of it and didn't see me just for who I was, but who I could be. How can I not be generous like the one that I serve? It opens up a door for you to share how good He is. See, Jesus is so generous because He loves us. He cares for us. And if you've never given your life to Christ, I encourage you to do so. It doesn't have to be right in this place, but realize He loves you that much. He gave His life for you. And when you give your life to Him, we should be forever changed. Amen? The old is gone. The new has come. See, when we give our life to to God, He expects us to be generous just like Him. And point number two, God entrusts us to be stewards. That means we live for God. If you look at the definition of steward, it's a person who manages another's property or financial affairs. One who administers anything as the agent of another or others. We get to be agents for God. Not secret agents, it isn't in hiding. It should be outwardly open. This is why we do what we do. This is why I am who I am. It's because of God. We get to do do that. Come on, we get to be stewards. This is a, a blessing from God. He is putting things in our hands and saying, what will you do with it? Did you know that it's always been God's plan for us to steward what is His? Did you know that? It's always been God's plan for us to steward what is His. In the beginning, when we go back in the scripture I read, God created everything. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the beginning. He created the heavens and the earth. And He created uh, uh, all the animals. He created our human body and all of its intricacies. He did all this. He's the master creator. He did all these amazing things. And it was His masterpiece. Then he literally entrusted it over to mankind in Genesis 2.15 that we read at the beginning. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. 
I'll tell you, sometimes I wonder why would God entrust this to us, right? Come on, somebody. Some of us, we can't even find our keys in the morning. You want to get the little beeper thing, you lose the beeper thing. You know what I'm saying? We, 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 at times I'm like, man, God, you had some faith in us. You trusted us to do this. And so you ask the question, well, why would God entrust us to do this? Because he has relationship with us. He entrusts us because he cares for us. He made us in his image. He does that. He makes us in his image, and in his image, we are to take care of the things that he has given us. He wants us to be like him, and he wants us to do this not for ourselves, but for him. All because of relationship. See, we were made to be in relationship with God. We were made to be in his image, but sin came in and corrupted. Come on. Sin, the, the enemy came in and drove a wedge between us. And because of sin, we decided no longer to live for God. We decided to live for self. Sin would cause us to be born with sin nature, which means we want to be pleasing to self. We would go after our own truth. Does it sound familiar? We would go after our own way of doing relationships. We, we would have the mentality I am the one that did all the work, so I should be able to spin this the way that I want to. This is what sin comes in and comes and corrupts us. But thank God that Jesus redeemed us. And he reunited us back in relationship with the Father. We now can live for him again. The old has gone, the new has come. Every blessing in our life is from God. So we should manage it and steward it for God. Come on, amen? So what does that mean as a generous steward? How do we do that? That means that we don't lean on our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5, 6. We have to lean on His understanding. Aren't you thankful? Come on, I've been, this has been on my mind so much lately in prayer. I've been thanking God almost every day that God, thank you that I don't have to rely on gut. I don't have to rely on intuition. I rely on the Holy Spirit. Come on. You're like, yeah, but I got good intuition. Well, your intuition will lie to you as your flesh rises up, so make sure it's through the Holy Spirit. So we, we get to rely on God. This means that, that if I'm effectively being a generous steward, then I have to know God. I can't steward well for God if I don't know God. Come on, guys. Come on, if I don't know God, how do I steward what is His? I have to be growing in Him, spending time with Him. You, we never know God good enough that we should stop trying to know Him better. It should be in every day. What's new today, God? What am I going to learn about you today? See, because great stewardship requires this knowing and it requires this observance in our life. I mean, we, if we were steward something for somebody, we would watch how they do things. So we should think, okay, this is what God has for me to do. God, how, how would you do this, Father? Let me look in the Word. God, show me in your Word. How would you? How? Oh, I see now. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. What is it that's your will, God? What is most important to you? If it's most important to you, then I'm going to dig into it, and I want to make sure that I'm doing this in line with who you are. And it's a continual process. 
Salvation is our starting point of the life that God meant for us. But knowing God is an eternity. And we're going to continually be growing and knowing all the way into heaven and then in heaven even more. The revelation of who He is. That's how God wants us to live. And not just living, living like Him, but living for Him. Making sure He is the one that is going to get all the glory and all the honor. So we have to remember that a life for Christ is not just about being a steward. It's about being a generous steward. Because that's who He is. Generosity is actually the foundation of this stewardship. It has to be what it's built upon. What is our life built upon? Upon the rock, Jesus Christ, who is the most generous person to ever walk the face of the earth. It is Jesus that gave his life for us, and that's how we have to live. Generosity is the filter through which we must steward God's resources effectively. I want you to hear it today. It all should be filtered through there. Every single bit of it. I want to, I shared about this man earlier, and I want to, as I'm closing, I just want to tell you what happened with this guy's life, Stanley Tam, the founder of this company. Maybe you never even heard of it. But it was, it's been about 75 or 80 years that this company's been around. And they begin to track this. And, and, and what I love about this, this man is that he was so generous but his greatest gift was evangelism. He had a heart to evangelize, to share Jesus with the world. So much that as he was, I think he's like in his 80s and 90s that he would, he, he didn't even run his company anymore. He, had, he started a little woodworking business. And out in front of his woodworking business, he had a sign and the sign said, the answers to life are in the Bible. If you want a free one, come inside. He'd do his woodworking. People would come inside. Hey, I want a free Bible. He'd give them a Bible. He would lead them to Christ. He understood evangelism, but he understood that generosity and stewardship set the foundation for what God would do with him. And so through his company, through his own sharing, as he'd go to places and speak and share the good news of Jesus Christ, and as he would as he supported so many other things, missions and nonprofits, here's what happened with this, this man's life. $150 million was given to charitable foundations over the time of his life. That's crazy. But because it opened the door to evangelism, they kept from all the places they supported, all the, the places they went. Listen to this. Almost 405,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. 405,000 people through somebody that was started a company? 125,000 baptisms. People that said, I've given my life to Jesus Christ. Third, over 31,000 churches planted. You think he didn't make a dent in hell? You think he didn't do something great for the kingdom of God? All because why? Because he was willing to be a generous steward. He understood this doesn't belong to me. This life isn't mine. This life belongs to Jesus. Now, I know that many of our stories aren't going to be like this. I know that we're probably not going to start a company that, that ends up giving away $150 million. But wouldn't you want to know what your life would look like? What is it that God wants to do with you? 
Who does he want to influence in your circle just by your generous stewardship? Who, what, here in Canyon, in Amarillo, in this area, what agency, what church, our church and other churches does he want you to get behind? What, what person that's in need that you can reach out to? That's just as important as what we read about this man because what matters is that we say, I will be a generous steward for you, God, and use me in any way that you want. This life is not my life but it is your life. And it's, it, it matters for each of you. Each of you, your story matters. Each of you can take what God has given you. As I look across the room, there's different gifts. There's different talents. There's different peoples that you can reach. And would you be willing to say, God, nothing else matters as much as the kingdom, your kingdom, your purpose, your plan. I am open. Use me, God. Because what God has given you, He can use for greatness. He can use for His glory. Come on. He can use to see people come to know Him. Maybe you don't see yourself that way, but God does. God sees you that way. He's a Father that says, you matter. You have worth. Would you just take this and do with it what I'm asking? I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to be encouraged today because, because God has a plan and a purpose. See, I'm praying that through this series, we will we'll open up our heart. We'll, we'll open up our heart and catch the heart of God. I want to be like Him. I'm praying that we evaluate everything that's in our hand. Our car, God, let me take people, let me take students to youth. My house, God, let me have a small group. Let me invite people over for dinner and share the good news of Jesus Christ. God, my testimony, may it not just sit idle. May I share it. I know it's not super deep or anything, but you saved my life and you changed me. I can't be quiet about it. Lead me to people that I could share it with. I don't want to just live like Him. I want to live for Him and steward everything well. And I know each of us can do it. Amen? Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, I pray right now that by the revelation of your word and by the Holy Spirit that we would see fresh and new how generous you are thank you for your generosity without you I would be lost but with you I am found and it's because of your goodness of the Father it's because of your love Jesus thank you that you would give your life for me and I pray in every single one of us that would stir in our hearts and in our spirit thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today we pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to Him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church Podcast.